I want to begin by saying that I'm grateful for the opportunity to encourage you today and share with you God's Word. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I especially enjoy this time of the year because it invites us to express gratitude towards one another, to remember the importance of family, to give God praise and, and thanks for His grace, His love, and mercy. It's around the Thanksgiving dinner table that you'll find me saying the words, thank you, a lot. To be more specific, it's the moment when my wife lays out the mac and cheese, the collard greens, the cornbread, the ham, and the turkey. And I'm talking the kind of turkey that falls off the bone, moist and full of flavor. You don't need any gravy for Mrs. Ham's turkey. My words in response are simply, thank you, Lord. Thank you for my wife. And thank you, Mrs. Ham, for your gifts and ability to cook like no other. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. There's a, a lot of reasons why we say the words thank you. And some of those reasons why really don't have anything to do with being grateful. For example, you know when you're trying to catch an elevator and the person standing in there attempts to ignore you, but you know they see you and they don't hold the doors open. And at that moment when the doors close in your face, you say, thanks a lot. But that's not what you really meant. Or... How about that moment when you're expecting a friend to compliment you and instead they criticize you negatively and you sarcastically respond, wow, thanks for nothing? Or how about when you're opening that gift for Christmas and you expect that it's going to be the one gift you've been hinting to all year long, but when you open it, it's nowhere near what you wanted. But the family member or friend that gave it to you is, is grinning at you waiting for your response. And so you say, oh, wow, thank you. Which at that moment, it's just words that you feel you're obligated to say. Again, there are many reasons why we say the words thank you, but there are very important reasons, more important reasons, may I say, to be thankful. There's a difference at times between just saying thank you and being thankful. At times, our thank you is far from genuine, and at times, being thankful is dependent on the circumstances. And very often, our circumstances determine our mood or attitude and even our sense of gratitude. Gratitude is not dependent on your circumstances when your reason to be thankful is completely because of Jesus. I want to talk to you about the single most important reason to be thankful, and that is Jesus. I want to read to you out of Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Hmm. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not 10 cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. 
Your faith has made you well. Man, I'm excited to, to take time and unpack this incredible story out of Luke 17, verse 11 through 19. And, and I want to talk to you about a reason to be thankful. You see, in verse 11, on the way to Jerusalem, he, being Jesus, was, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, Scripture says, he was met by these 10 lepers who stood at a distance. You know, leprosy was an infectious skin disease. Lepers, they were considered unclean. They were outcasts. They were looked upon as being cursed. Leprosy forced people to live a life in isolation. The law prohibited anyone with this disease to associate with the general population. The law required that anyone who has leprosy must keep their distance. Leprosy is talked about a lot in the Bible because it, it illustrates the crippling impact of sin in someone's life. But thank God for the good news of Jesus that doesn't require those that are sin sick to distance themselves and isolate with very little hope of getting better. But rather, the love of Jesus invites us to draw close. We are able to come to Jesus just as we are. You see, nothing can separate us from the love of God. The apostle Paul, he said this in Romans 8, verse 38 to 39, for I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us, to separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. No matter how distant you feel from God, regardless of your failure, the guilt you might feel, a sense of shame because of something that you have done, I want you to know God loves you and he will not abandon you. He is faithful to respond to those who cry out for help. You see, in Luke, in that verse 13, Luke 17, verse 13, they lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. It was an act of faith believing that Jesus would help them. They didn't ask to be healed of the leprosy, but they asked for mercy. And mercy is forgiving the sinner and withholding the punishment that is justly deserved. They believed in faith that Jesus had the power and the authority to bestow mercy and change their life. In verse 14, when he saw them, Jesus said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Jesus didn't say your request is granted. He didn't say you are healed. He didn't say, okay, or let me think about it. Jesus told them, go and show yourself to the priests. Jesus' instructions to the 10 lepers didn't really make sense in the natural but it was a test of obedience and faith. You see, faith requires that we move forward without getting the answers that we wanted or expected. That's not easy. But faith requires that we simply trust him at his word. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. The 10 lepers heard the word of Christ and they began to move no physical change had taken place when the men started to move. 
This was an extraordinary moment. As they were walking in obedience to his word, they experienced the the power of Jesus upon them. And suddenly their bodies were in perfect health. Let me tell you something. When you move in obedience to God's word, you can expect a supernatural move of God in your life. I'm gonna tell you that again. When you move in obedience to God's word, you can expect a supernatural move of God in your life. God said in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse two, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord. Going back to Luke chapter 17, in verse 15, the Bible says, then then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back, praising God with a loud voice. I, I love it. He, he, he turns back, one, praising God, two, three, that's two, praising God, and three, with a loud voice. I want you to picture this moment with me. You know, as they're walking, suddenly their, their bodies are made whole. There must have been this, this overwhelming excitement to to not only see what was happening physically before their very eyes, but to, to feel the power of God working in them as their skin was like suddenly made perfect. I can only imagine like the joy of, of knowing that the disease was completely gone. I imagine them saying, I don't have to live my life in isolation. I'm not an, an outcast anymore. I'm healed and I'm going to show myself to the priest. I'm going back home and I'm going to see my family and friends again. I'm going to get my job back. Nobody's going to look down on me anymore. This is a new beginning. We need to hurry up and go show ourselves so that we can get back to life as usual. And picture this as they are talking, one of them turns and heads back in the opposite direction. I mean, here, here, here are nine with a lot to talk about in this moment, super excited, but one heads back in the opposite direction. I can picture the nine looking at him asking, hey, what are you doing? Where are you going? I pictured One of the nine saying, bro, whoa, 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 you're going in the wrong direction, man. But I also see the one look at the nine and tell them, no, I'm not going in the wrong direction. I'm going back to Jesus. I'm going back to the one who showed us mercy. I have to go back and and, and give him thanks. I have an incredible reason to be thankful. I have to express my gratitude for the healing work in my body. I I can't go on without praising Jesus. You guys could either come with me or or keep going. I, I, I strongly suggest you come with me, but I can't go any further without giving him praise for what he has done in my life. A holy and righteous God showed us mercy. I have to turn back and give him praise. Only one of them turned back to give thanks. 
You see, according to custom, anyone who had leprosy had to yell out with a loud voice. They had to yell out, unclean, unclean. And that was to like alert people that they were near. It was humiliating. It was actually written in the law in Leviticus chapter 13, verse 45 through 46. And the Bible says that, that the leprous person who has the disease, they, they shall wear these, these torn clothes and, and let the hair of his head hang loose and, and he shall cover his upper lip and, and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall like remain unclean as, as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. But in verse 15, we see this, that clearly he could have seized the moment for himself, walked the streets and shouted, look at me, look at me, I'm healed. But the one, one out of 10, chose to go back to the source of his healing and praise God. He chose to make it all about Jesus. Let me tell you something. A heart of gratitude gives God all the glory. He had cried out for mercy. And this man, he had received mercy. And the one who is merciful gets the highest praise. This one leper knew also in faith that the healer, Jesus, he alone gets all of the praise and all of the glory. Let me tell you, gratitude is expressed in praise and worship unto Jesus. When you truly have a heart of gratitude, you will lift up the name of Jesus. You will give God glory. When this service opens up in song, it's our way of saying, thank you, Jesus. It's not just words that we are singing. We lift up our voices in faith. It's who we are as a people here at Times Square Church. We are grateful for his mercy and love. And because of his mercy and love, there is always a reason to be thankful. In Luke chapter 17, verse 16, the Bible says that he, he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. 10 people were healed, but only one came back. Only one fell on his face at the feet of Jesus. It's a position that he takes expressing gratitude. It's a position that he takes in humility, recognizing the mercy of Jesus bestowed upon his life. He is overwhelmed by the power of God that moved on his life. He is overwhelmed by the healing touch that he experienced. The writer makes a specific mention of the fact that it was only a Samaritan that came back to show gratitude to Jesus. Samaritans were despised by the Jews in that particular time. Now, in verse 17, Jesus answered, we're not 10 cleansed. Huh? Where are the nine? Hey, let me, let me tell you something. There, there are many who will acknowledge the gift without giving glory to the giver. There are many that want the healing without truly committing their lives to the healer. Jesus is clearly disappointed that the nine did not come back and take a little time just to say thank you. It's like almost as if they had just enough faith to cry out for mercy, but there was no shout of thanksgiving to the one who showed mercy. They wanted the healing, but they weren't willing to come back and say thank you to the healer. 
I want you to know, Jesus loves when we say to him, thank you. And I want to encourage you to take time every day to stop what you're doing for just a moment and tell Jesus, thank you. Why? Because there's always a reason to be thankful when you know Jesus to be merciful and gracious. Because of Jesus, we've got life today. I mean, for real, if you're watching me right now, you've got life today. You woke up this morning and that's a good enough reason to say thank you, Jesus. Listen, there is so much more to be thankful for than there is to complain about. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, it says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's God's desire that all would follow him, that all would give him praise. Nine of these guys, nine out of 10, continued on to show themselves to the priest. They were hoping to be approved and released back into the general population. They wanted to hear the priest declare that they were clean. But there's a high priest and his name is Jesus. And Jesus heals not just physically, but spiritually. The nine wanted to be discharged in a sense from the confinement of life, but it's in Jesus that we experience the greatest freedom. Jesus said in, in John chapter eight, verse 33, Verse 36, so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed, praise God. That's a reason to be thankful. Jesus says in verse 18 of Luke chapter 17 was, was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? A foreigner understood right away that there is a reason to be thankful. Now listen, Jesus, he wasn't calling him out as a foreigner in disrespect, but rather acknowledging him in wonder and admiration for being the least likely to turn back and give thanks. It was customary that the priests would have to approve them, right? In order that they would re-enter back into society and, and move forward in life. But the one least likely knew, I've been fully approved by God and made whole. I am going back to the one who has all power and authority over my life. This is how he was thinking. I'm going back to the one, Jesus Christ, who has the words of life. Hey, listen, your life is not dependent on man's approval in order to move forward. In verse 19, Jesus says to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. I think that's what we all want to receive from Jesus Christ. Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. You see, the nine, listen to me, the nine received only the outward cure, but the foreigner in faith and with the heart of gratitude 
received the outward cure and inner healing. Hallelujah. When he returned back to Jesus, his mind, body, and spirit was made whole. He received spiritual wholeness and physical wholeness when he expressed his gratitude and praise to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, rise and go your way. I love that because there's a clear difference from what Jesus said earlier in comparison to what he says right now. It's a different word for the one. It's a different word in comparison that he gave to, to, the, to the 10 altogether. Meaning this, when you receive complete healing from God, you no longer need validation from man. Your credibility is secure in Christ and in Christ alone. I'm gonna tell you that again. Your credibility is secure in Christ and in Christ alone. And when God calls you to rise up, He's calling you to rise above every challenge and every circumstance that you must face. When God calls you to rise up, he's calling you to rise above sickness and disease. He's calling you to rise above fear and doubt. He's calling you to rise above despair and loneliness. He's calling you to rise up and go in peace and in the strength of his word. And I'm gonna tell you this, when you go God's way, you go further. When you go God's way, you go further. When our faith is in Jesus, when we walk in obedience to his word, he takes us further than we can go in our own strength. When Jesus is involved, life takes an extraordinary turn. He moves us beyond living life as normal, but rather living life with expectation and the joy of experiencing his supernatural power working in us and through us. That supernatural power is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the gift of the Holy Spirit is an incredible reason to be thankful. My heart is filled with gratitude because of Jesus. When I think about his goodness, when I think about his faithfulness, I have a reason to be thankful. You see, a heart of gratitude determines your perspective on life. Listen to me. A heart of gratitude determines your perspective on life. It affects your attitude and how you approach every situation. A heart of gratitude, knowing in faith that Jesus is powerful, gives you a supernatural perspective. Now, a supernatural perspective is simply the ability to see the victory in Jesus while still in the fight. You hear me? A supernatural perspective is the ability to see the victory in Jesus while still in the fight. That's a reason to be thankful. A heart of gratitude with the application of faith in Jesus gives us the spiritual grit to overcome the challenges we are facing in our life. I don't know about you, but I need spiritual grit. And in order for you and I to take hold of spiritual grit, to live out spiritual grit. There has to be uh, uh, an, uh, an attitude, an attitude that is cultivated out of a heart of gratitude. You see, a heart of gratitude does something very unique. You know what it does? It scares the mess out of the devil. A heart of gratitude scares the mess out of the devil. When you give thanks and praise to God, the forces of darkness tremble. When you give thanks to Jesus and glorify his name, regardless of your circumstances, you give no room for the enemy. Praise God. If you're going to go forward, 
then just like that one Samaritan, you have to go back to the source. If there's going to be progress in your life, then you have to go back and give praise to the one who determines your purpose. It's Jesus and it's his word and his direction that is going to keep you. Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You need the light in order to move forward. And as long as you have his word, you will know where you're going. That is a reason to be thankful. When we know the mercy and love of Jesus, we remember to be thankful. When we remember the promises of God, we remember to be thankful for the one who will never leave us nor forsake us. A heart of gratitude helps us to stand firm in faith when our feelings waver and fear attempts to overwhelm us. Philippians chapter four, verse six to seven says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Hey, praise God. That's a reason to be thankful. Gratitude helps us keep the focus on Jesus. Listen, life is not simply about you. It's about living for the glory of Jesus Christ. It's about praising the one who has saved you when you didn't deserve to be saved. A heart of gratitude reminds us of the mercy of God that was given to us through the finished work of the cross. There's a reason to be thankful when you know the truth of the gospel and the gospel is reason enough to be grateful. When you know that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, you have a reason to be thankful. When you know Jesus defeated sin and death on the cross, you have a reason to be thankful, praise God. When you know and believe that the blood of Jesus washes and cleanses you, you have a reason to be thankful. When you know that you have the victory because in Jesus you have a reason to be thankful. When you know that Jesus rose up from the grave on the third day, you have a reason to be thankful. When you know that God has given you the power of the Holy Spirit, you have a reason to be thankful. When you know in faith that God heals, when you know in faith that he's a miracle worker, you have a reason to be thankful. When you know God is greater than anything that 2020 has thrown at you, you have a reason to be thankful. When you know that you don't have to live your life feeling anxious about what we're going to face next, and you know that God has prepared a place for us in heaven, hallelujah, you have a reason to be thankful. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse one, he said, let not, your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. He said, would I have told you 
what I have told you, if, if, if this wasn't true. Jesus goes on to say, I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And then Jesus says, and you know the way to where I'm going. Now, right after Jesus said that, one of his disciples expressed that he didn't know. He didn't really understand. And he he asked the question, how can we know the way? I know that there are some watching right now and you're asking the question, how do I get to heaven? There are some people that say, eh, water baptism or, or communion or uh, if, if you go to church or if you're a good person. And all of these are like really good, but that's not what Jesus said. Listen, if, if anyone knows the directions to his own home, it's Jesus. And he knows how to get to heaven better than any one of us. So then how does Jesus tell us to get to his home heaven? Well, it's pretty simple. He used the word born again. And Jesus says in John chapter three, in verse three and five, he says, no man can see the kingdom of heaven unless they are born again. In fact, Jesus says, you must be born again. That means you can't make optional what Jesus says is a must. It's something that Pastor Tim has shared with us many a time. You can't make optional what Jesus says is a must. And so this leaves us with another question. How am I born again? Well, first, you have to admit that you're a sinner. You have to be honest with God. All of us have a condition called sin and and it can't be fixed with just promise or a program or or a pastor. The truth is, you and I, we need help to fix us. I'm broken inside and and the diagnosis is sin. And, And I have to admit that I'm a sinner. You have to admit that you're a sinner. Secondly, you have to believe. You gotta believe that God sent his son to fix our sinful condition. I can't fix myself. You can't fix yourself. If I, could, if I could have done this by myself, if I could have figured out how to get to heaven by simply being good, then Jesus would have never needed to come and die on the cross for me and for you. Jesus' death was Jesus being my sin bearer. He took all of our sin upon himself. He stepped in as a substitute for you and for me. He died a death I should have died. He lived a life I could not live. And he gave me a reward and it is heaven, praise God. And that I do not deserve, but thank God for his mercy. You see, there is a reason to be thankful. But listen, finally, thirdly, you have to confess. You've got to confess that Jesus is Lord of your life. To be born again is to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Christianity, listen, it's it's coming to a person, not a place. Christianity is more than you just watching this service right now, enjoying this online virtual experience. 
Christianity is, is about a person who takes charge over your life and mine. His name is Jesus and he is Lord. You know, Lord means the boss. In Romans 10 verse 9, it says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him up from the dead, you will be saved. Just as you had a first birth, Jesus says you need a second birth. Your first birth was most likely in a hospital and that was your birthday physically. But now it's time for you to have a second birth date spiritually. And that can happen right now. I want you to pray this prayer with me. And I want to invite you to pray in faith. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt. And you died for me. I believe that you defeated sin and death. And I have the victory because of you, Jesus. I believe you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven and a purpose on earth and a relationship with your father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. I believe that God is my father. I believe that Jesus is my savior. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is my helper in heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Church, there is a reason to be thankful. Listen, if you prayed this prayer, I want you to do this next. I want you to text DECIDED to 88202. It's really important. If you prayed this prayer right now, text DECIDED to 88202. We want to stay connected with you we want to take the time to get to know you. We want to invite you as a part of our church family. We're so excited. There is a reason to be thankful. God bless you, and we'll see you next week.